I didn't want to just kind of do something half-assed. I didn't want to just throw it up on Airbnb. Um, as I said, I, I think I saw some early um, proof of concept folks who were doing it. So again, Flat Mountain Farms, Fern House, a bunch of other ones that I just felt like there was a market out there. Um, and I just decided to kind of go for it. I think a little bit, you have to have kind of some confidence in yourself. Um, and I've been really, I have to say, I mean, I've been really blown away by the response. And so that's obviously like very validating and exciting. And I think, um, as I said before, like I just, I just put in the hours and I think with anything like hard work kind of never doesn't pay off on some level. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at spontaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Sarah Reutemann, the creator of Field and Lake, a new collective of boutique vacation rentals on the shores of Lake Michigan. Sarah is an attorney by trade and lives in Chicago with her beautiful family. A few years back, Sarah and her husband had purchased a vacation home on Lake Michigan so they could escape from the city with the kids for long weekends and a couple of weeks each summer. Well, when COVID hit, the home next door to their lake house became available. And upon hearing this news, a bold idea began to form and ultimately take residence in Sarah's mind. And that idea? Well, it was to buy this home, launch a hospitality brand, build a portfolio of beautiful yet casual escapes, oh, and uh, leave her job. Tune into the fun and inspiring story of how Sarah ideated, planned out, and ultimately launched Field and Lake. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Sarah. All right, Sarah, we're live. How are you doing this morning? I am doing well. Thanks, Zach. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited to, to have you on. Um, I we, we haven't actually, we connected just maybe a week or, or two ago after I saw some uh, beautiful photos of your, uh, your place that John Cry, who I actually had on the yeah. podcast a few episodes ago, uh, took. So that's how, that's how I came to know you. But um, really excited to to get to hear a little bit more about you and, and your story and, and what you're building. Uh, one of my uh, favorite ways to introduce folks, or rather to let folks introduce themselves, is to is to give them this scenario. So if I were to be at a cocktail party and I were to run into Sarah at said cocktail party, and if I were to ask you, you know, who you are and and what you do, how, how might you introduce yourself and what might you be drinking at this at this cocktail party? Yeah. Okay. So I. Most often, if it's in the summer, I'll be drinking white wine, Sauvignon Blanc or Sancerre. I'm a white wine girl, red wine in the winter. So pretty simple there. Um, but I love this question because it my answer would change recently. So I think, as you know, up until very recently, I was a full-time practicing lawyer. And if, if you're at a cocktail party and you're a lawyer and you start saying that, very quickly, people's you know eyes glaze over. They're like, <laughs> why me? Why did I get stuck talking to this person? And they head to the bar. Um, but much more recently, I've been saying that, you know, I own a company that focuses on boutique vacation rentals, and it has just been really fun, you know, to see people's responses to it. It's such interesting discussions. Mm. People always want to ask, 
they have questions about it. They, they trigger it. Some people are like, please don't tell my husband. That's their his dream. <laughs> um, so it's been a fun kind of uh, difference of it. I find that discussions are a lot more interesting and they last a little bit longer than just saying you're a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, as I was mentioning to you, my, my wife is also uh, an attorney and it's, it's she's sort of had this same sort of dynamic happen where, you know, people will ask me what I do and I'll be like, oh, like I work in marketing and then we'll talk a little bit about that. Or, oh, hey, I've got this business that I started. And and then they'll be like, oh, and, and, and what do you do, Gabby? You know, and <laughs> she'll be like, oh, I, I'm a lawyer. And they'll be like, oh, cool. You know, and then they'll like come back to me and ask me a question. <laughs> and I'm like, no, she's actually like really interesting and she's done some really cool things. You should ask her more questions. But I do, I do find that, uh, that folks, I don't know if it's like people don't know what a good follow-up question is after that, or they don't want to feel stupid for not knowing some, I don't, I don't know what, what it is, but I, I think, think that's all of common. that. If they think we're boring. <laughs> they're just like, oh gosh, why? Yeah, exactly. Why me? Why do I get stuck talking to this person? Um, so it's definitely been fun on the vacation rental part. Just, it prompts so many more questions from people and I've loved it. Yeah. Well, well on that note, um, I'm curious because you are an attorney by trade, as you've stepped out on this entrepreneurial journey for what I would imagine is the first time, um, yeah, for sure. what, what, what lessons from what you've done with your career to date do you think have been helpful or, or applicable to, to what you're doing now? So it's been fun to see the parallels because on paper you'd think they're very different. Um, so obviously what I'm doing now has a lot more creativity and entrepreneurialness, but fundamentally at some level, I think so many jobs and companies, it's all about relationships. Hmm. So at as a lawyer, certainly at, at once you get to a certain level, it's all about the building relationships with clients, with judges, with opposing counsel, colleagues, anything like that. And certainly on the short-term rental side, it's those same skills I've found translate. So mm. obviously guests, first and foremost, were a hospitality business, but more so relationships with people in the industry. You know, you're a perfect example of that, influencers. Um, it's just, it's the same skills of being able to connect with people and sell yourself. And so that's been one fun kind of parallel. Um, the second one really is just working hard. Hmm. Like as a lawyer, you work long hours, you work on the weekends, you work at night. Definitely as an entrepreneur, you do the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm working just as much. Um, you have less, like I have fewer Zoom calls, which is nice. Um, but I'm not sitting on the couch eating bonbons. Like yeah. I approach <laughs> it the same way as I do a lawyer. I sit down every morning. I work a full day. I work at nights, evenings. I love what I'm doing now. And so it it's so cheesy, but it doesn't feel um, like drudgery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to do anything well, you got to work hard. And I'm sure you've seen that with marketing and with what you're doing on, you know, short term rental side as well. You know, I, I had never really thought about this, but as you, as you just said that I was thinking about several entrepreneurs that I know that mm -hmm. are attorneys and they, they practiced law for many years and then they, you know, made, made the jump and actually several in the, in the short term rental space. Oh, cool. Um, and I, I wonder if it does have something to do with the fact that you're so programmed to, to work hard, right. You, and to like, like the idea of giving up an evening or a weekend to, to work isn't like novel and maybe maybe part of it is like oh the work ethic is there building any sort of company is incredibly difficult and and taxing and time intensive and if, if you've figured out how to do that already maybe it makes it i don't know a, a little bit easier um as you as you jump into your own venture I, I think it totally does it's like almost like your muscle memory is there of like working hard and responding to emails i 
sometimes we'll have guests um, be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for getting back to me so quickly. And I'm like, I've just programmed that <laughs> you get an email and you respond. Um, so there's definitely some translation, but yeah, it's been really fun. But that's interesting of, um, I guess there's a lot of ex-lawyers out there <laughs> yeah. in various businesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I want to hear a little bit about the founding story of Field & Lake, which is your company. Uh, where where did this uh, idea of creating a boutique vacation vacation rental brand like originate where at, at what point in in time did you start did it start percolating yeah um so we really started so we've got field and lake right now currently has two properties they're both on lake michigan and wisconsin they're kind of side by side sister properties and it started just with one the fox house which is our, our original property and my husband and i lived in chicago we've got three young kids obviously we had two crazy careers and we really just used it initially as a weekend destination to get out of the city and just totally for personal use. Um, and then we always kind of knew we would want to turn it into a rental, but frankly, I thought it was just going to be a normal Airbnb, put it up there and don't do anything with it. Yeah. And then in 2020, during the pandemic, the next door property opened up, became available for sale. It was when the market was insane. There was a tremendous amount of interest. It's, um, that is what now is the Asher. People are familiar with it, but it's on 200. It's a double lot on Lake Michigan. It's just an incredible property. Um, and we knew there was a ton of interest in it. And we just decided to go for it and see if we could turn kind of both into a business. Huh. Um, but then the origins of, you know, I know from myself, I love staying at beautiful properties and really into interior design and um, certainly boutique hotels. And I just felt like there was a, certainly on the Wisconsin side, a real absence in the marketplace of like, high-end, beautiful homes. Hmm. And I was saying to my husband, I think people will pay a premium for staying in a place that's beautifully designed. And he was a little skeptical. He's like, I don't know, Sarah, there's so much inventory out there. And I just had a feeling, I kind of saw some people, something that you talk about a lot on the show is like how the short-term rental industry right now is just growing and so many cool people and um, joining it. And so I saw some proof of concept like Flat Mountain Farm is someone you've had on your show. Yeah. There's an amazing property in Michigan called Fern House. Um, other ones where I saw people who were doing it and having a lot of success. And I just kind of trusted my gut. And it's been really fun to see it, you know, playing out. That's amazing. Hey guys, so I have to tell you this really quick story about my experience with short-term rental host guidebooks. So two years ago, my wife Gabby and I were on a podcast roadshow. We were actually collecting stories for this podcast, Behind the Stays, in the greater Asheville area. So we arrived in Asheville a couple of hours before our check-in, and we asked our host if there were any good recommendations for a lunch spot. He responded saying that he had a plethora of recommendations in his guidebook, but that we should certainly check out Wicked Weed Brewing Pub. So we went to the pub and our burgers were absolutely delicious, so we couldn't wait to uncover what other recommendations he had in his guidebook. But upon arrival, there was no guidebook to be found. We looked on the kitchen counter, the dining room table, even the closet of the guest bedroom, but nope, no guidebook. Now, we're not that extra, but we were pretty high up in the mountains and the internet service was spotty at best, so it made it really difficult to kind of figure out where we should go to dinner. So after 30 minutes of searching, we sat down on the couch and my wife said, why aren't there digital guidebooks for guests? Well, as it turns out, there are, and our new friends at Touchstay are the industry leaders. 
TouchStay enables hosts to build beautiful digital guidebooks in a matter of minutes and enhance the guest experience by packaging your recommendations for coffee, wine bars, artisan bakeries, and Michelin star restaurants in a single online location. Guests can access everything through a really simple link. And yes, it works without a Wi-Fi connection. TouchStay allows you to customize your guidebooks to match your brand. You can pick the colors, fonts, and images that best align with your STR, and it only costs $99 a year. Learn more about a plethora of other features they have and start your free trial at touchstay.com forward slash BTS, as in behind the stays. Oh, and while we didn't ever find our Asheville host guidebook, the cleaners did. It was in the trash. Apparently the guests before had spilled a whole pot of coffee on it, and they were so embarrassed they threw the whole guidebook away. I guess it was a blessing in disguise though, because we told our host about TouchStay, and a year later, when we went back to his cabin, TouchStay was there, and it was absolutely perfect. So start your free trial of TouchStay at touchstay.com forward slash BTS. Again, that's BTS as in behind the stays. All right, guys, back to the show. So you got in to the the business at like, again, as you mentioned, the, the height of the market, things were crazy. People who had never even stayed in Airbnbs were now like buying Airbnbs and, and mm-hmm. spinning them up, right? And so it's just like really, really exciting, exciting moment. Um, and I, I think it's, I, you know, even in light of everything happening um, right now in the economy, it, it, I do think what's going to happen is places like that you're trying like the like the place you're trying to design those, those uh experiences uh experientially focused places are going to do really well i think that there's probably a lot of other places um that, that aren't going to do as well but i think that like it's been it's been really interesting to see kind of the new new creativity and new uh entrepreneurialism if you will um that have entered this space in just the last year and a half because this this industry is like it's like an old industry like you know vacation rentals are not a new thing right but the way in which we we think about them is not just like a seven night stay at the beach right but actually oh hey this you could go and spend a week here and do a work you know a workcation and you're gonna be you know uh in, in the middle of the the week in April even, even though you would have never traveled in the middle of the week in April before you can now go get away to a space because for many people work is is so flexible so we're sort of living in this moment where a lot of new talent I would say is like entering the space and then also just the way in which the world has shifted so dramatically over the last few years presents a lot of new opportunity for for creativity and I think that what you're doing with with field and lake is 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 a great example um of this so I I love I love the names right I love field and lake first and foremost the brand Brand. And yeah. then I love Asher and uh, and the Fox House, uh, which again, as you mentioned, are your your two current properties. Where mm-hmm. what was the inspiration behind the brand and in the naming of these first two properties? Yeah, th- thanks for that. So something that's probably near and dear to your heart is I did know that marketing had to be really central to our concept if I wanted to kind of turn this into an actual business, and um, and so knew I had to come up with a name. Field and Lake, I just, A, I like the kind of the cadence of it and the name, yeah. but it's also very descriptive. So if you are, I know you're an East Coaster, so you might not be familiar with where we are in Wisconsin, but essentially it's um, it's all fields. It's all these small farms. And then you have Lake Michigan just right there. And mm. so when you're driving down to our properties, you are literally passing wheat fields and corn fields and soybeans. And I I love seeing the change of the seasons of um, the planting and them growing and getting harvested and and then you all of a sudden have 
huge Lake Michigan, which really just looks like an ocean. There's it's so expansive. And so um, it seemed to sit there. Definitely. As we expand, I kind of felt like that would always be our um, consistent with the places we were trying to go. I mean, I, I guess if I go East Coast, it could be field, lake and ocean. But for now, it's field <laughs> and lake. Um, so that's where that came from. And then the Fox House is kind of like a little that's the original one. It's kind of like a little cottage, kind of a New England side cottage. We've got a little resident fox in particular in the wintertime who kind ah. of sneaks out. So that's where that came from. And then the Asher um, is more of a modern kind of open concept space. And I felt like I needed a name that was consistent with that. It's surrounded by ash trees. And I just kind of was playing around with it. And then that's where Asher came from. I, yeah, I love I love the names. I, I love like your your brand. I know that we're most people are just are listening to this, but if they, you know, follow you on Instagram and we'll have all those, you know, fun links in the show notes, uh, and we'll shout out at the end of the, at the end of our chat today. But like, what's cool about it is you've taken these like really cool, like earthy tones and like mm-hmm. melded them with, uh, lots of like, uh, modern touches. And I think that the way that you've like married those, those two, I'm not a designer, but like the way, the way that you've married those two, um, uh, aesthetics has, has, it just works so well. Um, Aww, thank you. And I just, I, I see a lot of, I see a lot of folks in the space who are building brands and, you know, trying to do similar things. And it is, it is actually really hard to do well. And I think yours is a great example of, of somebody who's, um, you know, you've, you figured, you've figured something out because it's, because it's unique, right. Too. It's not, it's not just the modern Scandinavian thing that a lot of people are doing, which again, like I have deep affinity for, but, but it's not that right. Um, it's something that's, that's truly unique and speaks to at least the, the market that you're, that you're launching in, which I think is incredibly important when, when building any sort of brand. Yeah, thanks so much. That's definitely something that we try to capture. So we worked very early on. I worked with a graphic designer. I knew I wanted a logo that looked professional. I knew I wanted kind of different um, ways of presenting the brand. And and I just love that you picked up on it because it very much is. It's all earth tones, neutrals, really calming um, color palette, which translates into really our interiors. So it's I'm trying to kind of be consistent throughout. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit more about about the business. So you it's one thing to have this idea of like, hey, like I want to go and I want to get a cottage and I want to you know make it Instagram worthy and we'll use it as an investment. But it's also sort of like a, a fun project, right, that we can work on. Like, hopefully it'll make money over time, but it doesn't need to make money, you know, immediately. A lot, a lot of po- a lot of folks have like these like pet projects, so to speak, right, mm-hmm. which are great. Um, and and you, you certainly could have done that. Um, but but you saw this kind of opportunity to, to do something uh, a lot more comprehensive, which was which looks like starting a business, starting this uh, initial uh, uh, you know initial collection of homes with a with a very sort of like specific vision of, of how you'll expand over time, which we can unpack in a little bit here. But mm-hmm. but like what what was it that made you feel like you were you had what it took? you know, to, to, to launch a business, right? Like, cause this is, this is a scary thing, especially coming from like a professional career where you, you know, you were probably doing pretty well and you know, things, things were looking great for, for your career. You could have kept climbing that ladder, so to speak. Right. But so, so what, what was it that gave you the confidence that making this, this pretty wild career pivot was, <laughs> was appropriate? Yeah, I guess I had to, had to have some chutzpah. So, um, you know, I think, like a lot of people in the pandemic, you know, you have time to kind of all of a sudden reflect on different values and priorities. And I, you're right, I was doing very well in the law and definitely saw that path forward. Um, 
But more importantly, I just kind of kept seeing essentially what I would I would work my day job as long during the you know day and evenings, and every other moment I had, I would be working on essentially building Field and Lake. Mm. And ultimately, I realized, and I'm got the support of an incredible husband, and just kind of thought, you know, I think I can do this. And, and you're right, Zach. Like I was, I didn't want to just kind of do something half-assed. I didn't want to just throw it up on Airbnb. Um, as I said, I, I think I saw some early um, proof of concept folks who were doing it. So again, Flat Mountain Farms, Fern House, a bunch of other ones that I just felt like there was a market out there. Um, and I just decided to kind of go for it. I think a little bit, you have to have kind of some confidence in yourself. Yeah. Um, and I've been really, I have to say, I mean, I've been really blown away by the response. And so that's obviously like very validating and exciting. And I think, um, as I said before, like I just, I just put in the hours and I think with anything like hard work kind of never doesn't pay off yeah. on some level. Yeah. Um, obviously you've got to have a good product. You've got to be a good lawyer. You've got to, um, have a good, you know, in this case properties that people want to go to, but, um, yeah, I think I just kind of cl- closed my eyes and left a little bit. It was definitely a little scary. I mean, walking away, <laughs> walking away from a steady paycheck for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, I, I just I, I commend you for your for your courage there because I, I it takes a lot of people have ideas, uh, and it's one thing to have a, a really good idea; it's another thing to actually go and execute it. So, uh, love that. Now, had had you invested in real estate before? Like, I know again, you as you guys were looking, you had this this one property, the property next door came up for sale, um, so. Presumably that was an investment property. Um, so you you had bought that, but had you like did you how did you know what you were doing? Like did you consult <laughs> friends? Did you did like you and your husband just do a bunch of googling? Like how how did that work? Yeah, you assume that I know what I'm doing now. I'm really just trying to kind of <laughs> kind of fake it every day. But um, so the simple answer is no. Like this was our first kind of investment um, properties. That said, I come from a family where like real estate investing has kind of always been. Um, just valued really as, as part of having a diversified investment portfolio. Yeah. We are by no means um, like real estate moguls, but just that was something that um, I guess I saw my family do. But yeah. also I just love, I think a lot of people in this space, I love real estate. Yeah. Um, so I knew I didn't want to be a broker. Um, I knew I didn't want to have like Field and Lake is not ever going to be one of those properties that we have 200 properties all around the country that are kind of, cookie cutter a certain way. And there's a market for that. That's just not our brand. Um, But I'm constantly on Zillow and Redfin, as I'm sure you are and so (laughs) many people. And I just love it. And so I think I, once you just kind of look at enough properties, I knew location was key. So we are, the Fox House and the Asher are right on Lake Michigan. Like we have just incredible views. I'm originally from the East Coast. So I kind of love that like expansive ocean view. So someone was recently joking, Lake Michigan's like, you know, it looks like an ocean taste, tastes like a lake. Um, <laughs> so it's, I knew I needed like a location like that. We're two hours away from Chicago. And I knew from, for clients, for myself, proximity to kind of major markets. So Chicago's two hours, Milwaukee's an hour. Mm. Um, so there's a tremendous amount of just, that's a, there's a huge market in terms yeah. of these spaces. Um, and then I think originally you just have to kind of sometimes trust your gut. Of yeah. Like, I think this makes sense. And my, whole thing is buying ugly houses and adding value and fixing them up. So I think I can, it doesn't necessarily scare me like a challenge that Asher had. It hadn't been touched since 1977. It had blue shag carpeting 
everywhere, <laughs> including wall to wall in the kitchen, which I've never seen before. Um, so there was a lot, um, there was a lot to work with. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just trusting your gut a little bit. Do you, as you, as you think about now having done this project and you think about sort of finding this, as you put it, ugly house and, and making it beautiful, do you, do you prefer some like existing constraints or like, would you ever like to build something from the ground up? Like how, how do you, how do you use, like, where do you fall on that spectrum? I think probably, um, yes, yes. You know, so I think <laughs> I'm always looking for ugly houses. Um, the market, as everyone knows, is a little crazy right now. And so um, interest rates are really high. Well, kind of, I don't think we've seen prices drop yet. So I'm certainly looking to see kind of where that next deal can be. If, And that's the nice thing about buying an ugly house. Typically, it's um, <laughs> you can get it. You can get a good deal. Yeah. You got to put a lot of money into it. So I'm definitely looking there. But I now that I'm kind of expanding and I, I have a vision for what Field and Lake is, I think it would be fun to do potentially some new construction that still has our um, our vibe of yeah. really warm, um, beautifully curated interiors. We, if you've seen our homes, they have a lot of original art and vintage yeah. rugs and antiques and all of that. So kind of creating a new construction, but yet it still has um our signature style that yeah. you know hopefully field and lake is becoming known for so um we'll see it's exciting i'm like definitely looking for my next project hey guys it's zach if you're enjoying this episode could you do me two very quick favors First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. A lot of the folks that are that are tuning into today's conversation are are you know trying to do or aspiring to do uh, something similar to, to what what you're after. A lot of people that like will write in will say, "Hey, like I've got like one property now. I, oh, I actually mm-hmm. want to build a boutique brand around this." Um, and you go and you you know connect with them, and th- they've got a lot working for them, and and their their first kind of proof of concept is is doing well, and now they're trying to like make that leap into the second and, and maybe third property, a lot of them also don't necessarily want 200 plus properties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that all look cookie cutter as you, as you put it. Um, but I think one of the, one of the hard challenges or one of the challenges when it comes to building a brand, right? It is sort of like that brand integrity and, and how, mm-hmm. how do you, as you expand, right? Ensure that there's like, it, it's clear no matter kind of where you are that the field and lake is here, right? Even if I'm in, you know, the Asher, even if I'm in the Fox house, eventually as you, as you kind of expand, um, how, how have you thought about how to keep sort of the, um, the essence, right. Or the, the mm-hmm. aura of, of field and lake in, in the context of these homes and, and, and then other homes as you expand. 
I think about that a lot, a lot, Zach. So I kind of talked about earlier of like every, like all of our marketing is this idea of what public image do we want to be putting forward? You know, kind yeah. of sophisticated luxury, um, you know, attention to details. So certainly in the interiors that we'll be focusing on, I can kind of continue that, but on our social media, the, maybe we can talk about it. The influencers that I work with are marketing, our branding, all of that. I've kind of been tried to be very selective in mm. the people that we work with. And I have been incredibly lucky to be partnering with some people who just, I think that they represent maybe not exactly the aesthetic, but kind of a sophisticated design forward look. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of parallels like with their followers, they'll be appreciating it. I work with a lot of interior designers or photographers, stylists, you know, people who just will appreciate that space. Yeah. And, um, and so it just feels, at least I'm trying to make it feel very holistic of kind of perpetuating this brand forward in, in anything we do, posts, pictures, um, yeah, just any of our external communications. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, so well said. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about your, your marketing strategy. And I, from, from my perspective, again, I don't know, we, we had like a quick call a couple days ago. So, um, it's not like I, I, I know you and or field <laughs> like that well, but from, from, from my perspective, um, you, you were really intentional about what I would call like your go to market strategy. So for, you know, mm. people not familiar in, in market in marketing, anytime you're like launching a new product, right. Marketing typically has some role, if not, you know, the, mm -hmm. the chief role in figuring out, all right, how are we going to bring this product to market? Like what is our, what is our go to market strategy going to look like? And that's all the, the planning that gets done before you even, you even reveal what you have to the world. Right. And from, what I can tell, like you, you were really intentional going in. Like you, you guys haven't been, you know, live that mm -hmm. long, and mm -hmm. you're already working with influencers. You've already got a very well defined brand. You've, you know, I, you've already got some cool pieces from artists from from all over the world, right? And curators from 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 all over the country. And so, talk to us about like how you thought about your go to market strategy and. How have you worked with influencers uh, and, and other photographers and creators in this space? And what what lessons have you have you learned along the way? Yeah. So, the, hey, thank you. That's so nice of you to say. Um, so, definitely, you know, first and foremost, I felt like I had to get a good product in the houses. So, I spent a tremendous amount of time decorating them and pulling them together, and just felt proud about that. But as you kind of say in law, that was like a necessary, but not a sufficient condition. Like that's hmm. not going to do it all. And so I, for me, marketing was huge. So I said, kind of worked with a branding person, got a logo. Um, but then influencers has been huge. So I knew that social media in particular, Instagram could be a wonderful vehicle for this. Obviously social media has a lot of negatives right now too, but I have found it just to be overall so positive. Um, and I, kind of really took it as an investment of you needed so that the biggest thing is content. So I used to take these like, frankly, crappy iPhone pictures on my phone of the house. I tried playing around with them in Photoshop. I thought they looked okay. <laughs> and then I started working with some professional photographers and like, oh my gosh, Zach, like the quality <laughs> that they can put out was just like left me in the dust. Um, and it, that really opened my eyes at the power of and the necessity, if you're trying to build what we're trying to build, of like working with creatives. Hmm. So um, I've worked with a bunch of different photographers and you can, what's cool is it can be flexible. Like if you don't have a ton of budget, you can do a trade, 
you can do some sort of a reduced fee. Sometimes yeah. I just be outright. Like there's a lot of creativity in terms of financing of um of how you can get good content. But I feel like and it really had nothing to do with it besides pick the right people. People have been just taking some amazing images and videos, and that's been great for social media of perpetuating that forward. Um, and then on the influencers, it was a little bit like choosing the right people too. So I, I'm not going out for like Kim Kardashian. You know, I think you had <laughs> someone on your on your show recently that was talking about the power of like finding the right influencers. Yeah. And for me, that was huge. So it was finding other like-minded creatives, people who I know were in the design world, as I said, like stylists, interior decorators. Um, and it's a little scary initially, at least for me, like reaching out to people initially of kind of like introducing yourself and your concept. And I think you have to like take a little bit of a deep breath sometimes and just send that email or DM, I guess, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but I've been blown away by the response. Like people are always flattered to be asked. Um, for the most part, it's worked out. It really has worked out. No exception. Great. Um, and it's kind of one of those things like it success begets success. I think yeah. a little bit, especially on the social media one where you like your example with, with John is perfect. So John cries an amazing Airbnb VRBO photographer. He was on your show. He and I had already connected because he, he is images and his brand really resonated with me, super sophisticated. Um, his amazing eye is just the way that he portrays houses was similar to, to the way that we wanted to do it. Um, and so, yeah, it's just kind of, then he introduced me to a bunch of people. It just kind of spirals in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that's worth like pausing on and just, and unpacking a little bit, because I, I do think for so many people, it's, it's, it's scary to do it once. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, oh, well, Hey, maybe, maybe we should like, you know, just wait until we're at, you know, this following or mm -hmm. maybe we maybe, like, let's just post, you know, keep posting our stuff for the next three months and then we'll revisit the idea. And, and I, I do think that there is something to be said for, as you, as you alluded to so well, uh, earlier, Sarah, of just diving in, trying mm -hmm. it once, you know, it, it's a business expense. <laughs> like you can, you yeah. can write it off if it doesn't work out, like you never have to do it again. But I do think that there's, there's still, we're still living in this moment where, um, and what a lot of people don't realize is like, if you look at Airbnb's like total number of listings, right? And you, you, you compare that to the number of people that actually have Instagram handles for their, mm -hmm. for their places, right? It is, it, it is a small fraction, a, mm -hmm. a half a percentage point of all Airbnb listings, if that, right? And so if if you're thinking this way already, right? You you you're, you're way ahead of a lot of other hosts in this space, a lot of other uh, STR investors in this space. But right, I, I do think we're we're kind of living in this moment where more people have caught on to this. There, mm -hmm. There's there's institutional capital that's entering the space, and mm -hmm. and so there that we are in this moment where like if, if you got if if you want if you want to like really get in the game, it, it, it's time to it's time to kind of like you know shoot your shot so to speak. And I think that that can start with looking at you know, a couple of people who are, who've used influencers who might be roughly like, you know, the same age with respect to, to their STR journey as you mm -hmm. and, and reach out and say, Hey, what was your experience like? And one of the things I've found is a lot of hosts like talking to each other. People will share very openly and honestly about, Hey, I use this person and they were amazing, you know, uh, you know, or, or, you know what, next time I, I would recommend don't just go after someone with a big following. Go after somebody you know who has your following, even even mm -hmm. if it's kind of a niche or you know a smaller smaller following. And so, this is a very long way of just saying that I think 
my, a word of encouragement to anyone tuning in, I think uh, partnering with influencers, partnering with with photographers is is sort of a must if you if you really want to kind of take off. And it's really not as scary as you think. I, I completely so well said. And this is going to be my shameless plug for your show. And you didn't even pay me to say this. But I mean, your show has been such a tremendous wealth of knowledge. I listen to it every week, even before you reached out about me being on. And I think it is because it's a really exciting time in the space. There's just so much energy. Um, I have tips all the time. I was like, Oh, I need to collect people's emails. I need to be doing this, you know, all these different things. Um, and yet it's just been a wonderfully positive community of people. I have yet to have a negative response. I'm sure knock on wood. Hopefully I didn't jinx myself, but, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's really exciting. I've loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'll be sure to uh, send you some Venmo money uh, after, the, <laughs> after we get off for that endorsement. Um, but, but actually on, on the, on that note, um, Sarah, you, I noticed on your, on your Instagram, you've got a, uh, your direct booking site, uh, mm-hmm. which is linked, which is awesome. Um, glad, mm-hmm. glad you're doing that. What, how, how did you think about, uh, choosing a, a PMS and, and a direct booking service? Like what, what was that process look like? Uh, what? what did that process look like for you? Yeah. So actually Zach, your podcast has been a huge influence in that of kind of realizing the need to have a direct booking site and kind of different, you've, you have gotten incredible leaders on the PMS, um, space. And actually I, fa- I use Hostaway, which I found because oh, nice. we interviewed the CEO and I just really liked the amazing customer service. Um, I will say that's a little, and that's a no knocks to host It's a little bit of a love hate relationship, I think with any PMS, because yeah. you're just figuring out what works for your business and, and host has been great. Um, for me, I needed a direct booking site and I also, um, was constantly paranoid about someone double booking on VRBO and Airbnb and direct booking. And I just wanted the peace of mind of being able to have a channel manager that synced it all up. So, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other great PMS channel managers out there. And so, um, and again, you've had most of them on your site, on your podcast. Um, so I would, I would use that. I also get a a lot of direct bookings just through Instagram Mm. and I have like a, essentially a QuickBooks, So people can just either pay me through Venmo or a credit card. And so I've been doing that a lot as well. And people are now using the direct booking site more. So that's huge. I mean, actually, um, from a host perspective, the fees are kind of comparable with Airbnb. It saves guests a tremendous amount of fees. And yeah. so I feel like I've really been able to let have guests. Um, it's really essentially the same price for me, but it's huge for them. And then it does build up the brand and the relationship and all that. So certainly my advice for anyone is you don't need to have like 30 properties to do direct bookings. Like yeah. Get started now. Um, it's so easy. You can do it in lots of different ways. Um but yeah, that's been huge. But I learned that from you. That was my lesson. Uh, from, well, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Marcus, Marcus is a really fun guy. Marcus yeah, Schrader, Marcus. The, the CEO yeah, of Hostway. He he's a fun. He's a fun dude. Um, he's a character. He reminds me. I, I told a couple of people this, and I think I actually mentioned this in our interview. He reminds me of Richard Branson. Yeah, like I totally it, see that. <laughs> yeah, he's like the Richard Branson of the short-term rental community. Um, yeah, they've been guy. great. Their customer <laughs> service has been great, which is what I needed. So they've been so far so good. Um. Well, actually, uh, one one follow up question there is um, when as as you've thought about sort of like your own content uh, promotional cadence, what what has that looked like? Like, do you have a schedule? Like, do you uh, like I are you outsourcing your social media? Like, uh, are you doing it yourself? Like, how once you get all this great content from these influencers, obviously you know many of them post post about it on their own pages and whatnot. But once you get the photos, like. 
how, how do you think about like your production schedule? Yeah, great question. So initially when I was doing it myself on my, as I said, my crappy iPhone, um, I really struggled because I was just like, I cannot get good content out here. And I just felt like it was not reflective of the brand we wanted. It wasn't high enough quality. Since I have now worked with a number of different photographers, I have so much content. I actually have like <laughs> too much. So I'm able to post every day. I just do it like, again, just kind of part of like um, my work on Field and Lake is every day. I manage all of it. Yeah. Um, and is posting it. And then again, like I, so I had knew nothing about Instagram before I started this. I had to create an Instagram account for Field and Lake. My first follower, I had one follower. It was my husband who also had to create an account. So I am, was not <laughs> starting with anything. You're talking about starting from zero. Um, but I just had to learn, like, it's just been a really nice community. Something that has been incredibly nice is that I will link up, um, different like pieces that are in our house, the companies, and I've gotten a lot of success with that. So mm. like the um, furniture companies or the, the, the companies that I use have then reposted our images, which are always just like really humbling. Um, and I've gotten a lot of success that way. So you just like, again, kind of like the, the adage of like working hard, it's just, that should be something that you think about as a, as part of your business, like yeah. every day, like just, focusing on so if you want to do with a certain thing i mean definitely it's not for everyone but um but yeah i manage it all i respond to all the messages i yeah. love it yeah well and and I, I love what you i love what you just said sarah about like you just work it into like your your daily routine and i yeah. think that like with with social media i think the the problem of, of why people often get defeated with it is uh, and it, this goes for podcasting this goes for you know uh, uh video production on youtube this goes for social media content i mean it really goes for anything but especially in like the the content like marketing realm it really is about consistency it, it's about mm -hmm. the long game um and yes you'll get like that viral photo every once in a while but there's yeah. there's a lot of that like you can't be planning for that viral moment like it, it's 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 nearly impossible to do to do so and i think that what where people get defeated is they post once every two weeks or something like that and then it's like totally. there's seven people that like my photo like this is pointless <laughs> like instagram doesn't work right like and th and that's or or you know tiktok doesn't work and that and that's where people land and it's like well no actually like the the way that this works right is you've got to be incredibly consistent over mm -hmm. a long period of time and then you know work in some growth strategies like partnering with these influencers but you can't do that mm -hmm. every single day right maybe you can do that once a month or once every couple of months invite somebody out and have them post about your place maybe it's a once a quarter thing right mm -hmm. and, and i think that like um that that's how social works and if you do if you do that right if you, if you can be really really consistent uh it, it really is like investing like eventually things compound eventually you'll start getting some dividends right along the way and and then before you know it you've you've amassed a, a meaningful following and i think that too many people are looking for like that quick fix or that that silver bullet and if they don't get it like after posting five times right they they walk away defeated it, it's so well said it's the long game you also like, maybe it's partly because I didn't really know much about social media. You can't really get bogged down of like, oh, I only got some such and such likes on that one. You actually never know what photograph is going to take off. Yeah. Um. So I think of it more of just like exactly what you said. You have to do it every day. You have to be top of mind. You've got to post the stories. And so for, for me and for Field and Lake, I'm hoping that like people see us every day and then they're going to realize like, oh, wait, I can actually get away this weekend. Yeah. I'm going to reach out or I need to plan it's one of the things that's just been so fun is that hearing all the different 
way reasons that people, that guests come to our houses. Like they're always celebrating something exciting and it expands the gamut, new babies, anniversaries, you know, birthdays, anything. Um, and, but like, I would like them to think of us when they are planning that event. And I yeah. think you have to be kind of top of mind. And I found that Instagram is, it's free. Yeah. Um, it's easy and it only takes a, getting a few bookings from Instagram to kind of like, then it's like an immediate, um, payment yeah. of it <laughs> kind of confirmation of like, Oh, it like it didn't cost anything. Yeah. And you know, look at all these bookings that have come in. So I track that very carefully of like percentage Airbnb versus VRBO versus private. Yeah. Um, because it's just kind of fun to see where it's coming in. Yeah. It's, uh, it, this just reminded me you, because you mentioned flat mountain farm. Um, mm. when, uh, w- when I, I had them on the show and we were talking about, um, uh, what they're doing and, and whatnot, literally like 24 hours after the episode published, I got a screenshot um, from from them, and they were like, they they were like, oh my gosh, would you uh, would you believe this? We have somebody who literally booked a last minute stay after hearing the podcast oh, for their so wife, awesome. and and like it was like their anniversary weekend, and they went and stayed at the Ren, which was one of their properties. Yeah, and it was like such a such this like cool thing, and all of a sudden it was like, oh like hey like I'm I'm glad I made like the time for this you know this, this oh, podcast recording, it, and I, it, it's 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 funny. You only need like one or two of those things happening. Where, where, where it totally changes your paradigm and, and your outlook on like the value of investing time in, in content creation. <laughs> it's, it, that, that validation for sure. I mean, for me, it's been, it's been game changing of like investing in quality content. And now I have, it's really nice. I mean, now I've got, so someone reached out to me yesterday. I've got photographers reaching out being like, can I come photograph your yeah. face? Let's do a trade. I've, I've, done a fair amount of people who are starting to do kind of like brand shoots um at the houses where they need like a pretty location so that works out really well there's just like i feel like kind of like endless possibilities yeah um once you're kind of out there so you're right i mean it definitely like it's validating and then it kind of gives you a little bit of a pep in your step of like oh okay i'm gonna keep posting yeah um <laughs> these views so yeah there's hits or misses you're a kick-ass airbnb host In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping, it's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping, brought to you by Spontaneous. 
Well, couple couple final questions for you, Sarah. One is just around like what have, what have you learned about about yourself through the process of of bringing this this brand to life? Um, that's a really sweet question. So I think you know, on some level, it's been validating of myself, as you said before, like kind of deciding to take a step away from law and a legal career that was going very well was a really big deal. It's definitely I agonized over it for years. It was not like a um, a quick decision. And there's been something really fun about building something completely from the ground up, like Field and Lake literally was nothing. I had, this is all me and my husband. We had no other investors or resources or family or anything like that. Um, as I said, I had zero followers to start. Um, <laughs> and I think there, like any entrepreneur, I think there is something really exciting about that. It's definitely terrifying. Um, but it's given me like, kind of a confidence in myself of like, okay, I kind of can understand what the market wants and hopefully what I'm trying to create. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's no small decision. Um, you know, not, not everyone is, is, is doing this kind of full time and it's, it's a big leap to give up something that you, you love and you worked Mm -hmm. years, years to build. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and to, to pivot in, in such a, you know, dramatic way, um, is, is nothing short of a, of a exciting new adventure. <laughs> that, 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 that it is for sure. And definitely when I don't have a paycheck coming in every month, I'm like, Oh gosh, but it's been so, so gratifying. And, um, I just love it. Yeah. So it is kind of an example. And I know, I think you're something similar with you, you know, when you find something you're really passionate about, it's so cheesy, but, yeah. um, it's, it's worth really doing. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and what about, what's next for field and lake so you've got the asher and the fox house um what how have you thought about growth what's what's that next step looking like for you definitely interested in growth um which i love thinking about kind of the direction i do feel like we are starting to create kind of a recognizable brand in the sense of just you know as i said kind of beautiful boutique well curated interiors and spaces um and so i'm looking to get additional properties trying to figure out where that's going to be looking kind of maybe focusing on on the midwest and wisconsin although as i said i'm i'm an east coaster so maine is always kind of after my Mm, heart um but it's a little hard to get there from chicago so um i it's funny you know old habits die hard so as a lawyer i have like a powerpoint that essentially i'm putting together with like inspirations and budgets and um figuring out what the next project is going to look like and i think unlike you know institutional investors who just need a ton of properties to scale up and what we're doing is a little bit more um it's more curated it's more nuanced i think it takes a little bit longer to actually really develop those properties and um the aesthetic that i want to create is definitely a huge kind of thing that i plan for and so i think it takes a little bit longer um but hopefully the end result will be something similar. So it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, so stay, everyone should stay tuned. I'm yes. kind of figuring out where it's going to come. But yes, we're growing. Yes, I I am very, very excited and, and can't wait to to see what's next. And for what it's worth, uh, I think I mentioned this to you on our, on our pre-call. My wife and I lived full-time on Airbnb for 15 months, and our favorite place of all time is in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine. 
um, and it's this incredible like French cottage. Um, and the hostess there is is literally the best uh, Airbnb host we've we've ever had. We've become very good friends. They've had us over to dinner. We've taken them out to dinner. We've gone back like three times. It's it's just such a magical place. Um, so you know maybe maybe Maine's so not awesome. the next oh, Maine, one, but Maine like, like eventually. Like <laughs> yeah, for, for us East Coasters, Maine yeah, just has a so, special place uh, in all of our hearts. I've heard you talk about that place before. It sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll have it, to visit it next time I'm out there. Yes, yes, I I you would you'd love Susie. Um, and and my my last question for you, Sarah, is just uh, any any like bits of advice for folks who are just starting out. Uh, maybe they're inspired by your story and, and want to do something similar in in their respective market. Uh, what what's a one or two words of encouragement or, or pieces of advice that you'd bestow upon them? Yeah, thanks. So obviously we've talked about, and I don't we wouldn't need to repeat it. Value of marketing, value of social media, value of kind of frankly taking the leap and have some confidence some kind of unsexy um, advice I'd have that I kind of almost wish I had known. So first and foremost, you've got to have a good team. Hmm. So even though I only have, we have two properties, they're booked almost all the time. You've got to have a good cleaning crew, a good property manager. Like that is really where your expenses go. Yeah. And um, you've got to like, just like any job, you've got to pay people well and you got to treat them well. And I've actually struggled or constantly trying to figure out how much of our cleaning costs we can pass to guests in the cleaning fee because it actually doesn't cover nearly our whole entire cleaning fee. Like we pay that out of our, essentially out of the rent. Um, and that's fine. That's just a cost of doing business, but that's stuff's going to go wrong. Got to, you know, certainly, especially the higher end places that we're operating in, like guests expect it to be like a hotel. Um, and so that's first and foremost. And then the second one, um, probably similar to, to most is, really trying to separate finances. So like any entrepreneur and probably small business owner, when we started, we, our personal funds and Field and Lake funds were so commingled. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're using your personal credit card, you're using your personal bank account. And so a big thing that I had to do was just spend time separating it all out and getting the business fully operational, working with a bookkeeper. It's so unglamorous. Um, but if you're actually going to turn this into a business, it's it's an absolute necessity of yeah. figuring out what are your ex- actual expenses, what are the investment you put in, and then being able to use those analytics to go to other properties. So um, QuickBooks Online, man, it's not very, yeah, again, not very glamorous, but that would be my advice. Yeah. Um, and then just on a on a brighter side of just go for it. Like yeah. it's, as I said, it's something you've talked about a lot. It's such a cool time to be in this space. Um, I'm inspired every day by what people are doing. There's a market out there for high-end um, kind of tailored experiences and it just can be, it's been incredibly rewarding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so well said. I think I think you've inspired me, Sarah. I think I want to do some sort of like, you know, unsexy uh, words of wisdom segment um, <laughs> because because I, like, I, I'm glad that you brought that up and I, I do think a lot of this, you know, and people want that come on the show, the temptation is to like, talk about, well, you know, you just, you just got to start, like got to get your first 1000 followers and whatnot. And, 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 you know, that is true. But at the same time, it's really important that you figure out how to run your business. Well, it's not just about like building a beautiful, like brand on Instagram, right? Like that's part of it for sure. But right. You you also have to make sure that you've got separate accounts and you know how much you're putting in, you know, how much money's coming in, you know, coming out every, every month. And I think like that, that's, that's a hard thing for people who are, who are creative and, and, and whatnot, um, that might, that might like, having a have a great design eye 
just because you have those things doesn't inherently make you like a good operator, right? A good business operator. And that that might be actually the harder thing for some folks tuning into this show to learn as opposed to, all right, how do I, how do I, you know, grow my Instagram account? It, it is fundamentally like for those of us who are trying to make it a business, like it, you know, creative stuff, super important, exciting, but you've also just got to figure out like, what am I spending? Yeah. What is, you know, <laughs> what, what's coming in, what's going out. Um, and that, yeah, that has been a lesson for me. And I, I will say it's been great to get it cleared up. I did have to use a bookkeeper. I went to her. I think she was like, girl, you, this is a mess. Like <laughs> uh, you need some help. Um, but then you get it set up and you, and just like in any business, um, before, but yes, actually that would be incredibly helpful. Like the, the unglamorous, yeah. but critical parts of short-term rental, um, industry. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, Sarah, this has been a, a privilege. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life to spend, uh, 48 minutes with us. Um, for folks <laughs> that, that do want to learn more about you and, and field and lake, we'll have Instagram handle in the show notes below. Um, we'll link your your direct booking site as well for folks who might want to book a stay at, at a field and lake property. Anywhere else folks should go uh, or anything else you want to call out? No, those are, I mean, obviously we're on Airbnb too, but I would first go with our social media. Um, yeah, if you put a handle there, that'd be wonderful. And just please, please reach out. Like I respond to every message, every DM. I love hearing from people. Um, and Zach, this has just been a true pleasure. You're doing amazing things on this podcast and in the industry. And I've just loved connecting. Well, thank you. Thanks for being here and uh, looking forward to seeing what's next. Thanks so much. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.